0: Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. WA Real follows the oldest form of learning, that of listening to the stories and experience of those around us. And why is that? To provoke greater awareness and greater consciousness amongst us here in Western Australia and beyond. Today's guest is a returning guest. In 2019, she was my most downloaded podcast. And I think she ranks up in the top four of the top, lo- da- top downloaded podcasts. Across the whole repository of WA Real, I'd like to welcome back to the show Rebecca Dawson.
1: Hi, Bryn.
0: <laughs> Hello.
1: Nice to speak with you again. Yes. We're um, going to ignite a very interesting conversation today.
0: I'm hoping so. So, just for those who didn't hear our podcast previously, you um, are a channel. Have been for. Twenty odd years. I mean, how would you describe yourself? Uh, I
1: would describe myself as a very natural human who operates in a very natural human way, <laughs> uh, which I think will become the, the new normal for uh, a new era of humanity coming forward. Being able to source everything that is.
0: Mm, I love that. And just so we're clear, you share. You've been sharing your service for nearly twenty odd years, and this isn't just individual. This as we mentioned in the podcast before, this has been, without naming any names, for business people and predominant people, you know, around the world.
1: Yeah, I've um, I've had the great, um, great, I guess, privilege and honour to be connecting with all sorts of people all around the world, um, people involved in in trying to do things differently and uh, trying to bring out the best that humanity can be. So uh, it's very encouraging to see more and more of that as we we move forward as a
0: race. So just expanding on that, are you finding right now that there is greater uptake, interest, curiosity in some of the things that you have to say or are coming through and downloading and that you're sharing? Because I, for one, am finding that, As with this, um, you know, disrupted environment that we live in, that it's almost taking the thin veneer and veil of some of the stuff that's not necessarily important away. And it's exposing a greater connection to things that are bigger than just our egoic self. So are you finding a similar sort of thing?
1: I guess I could sort of look at that in a couple of different ways, Bryn. First of all, um, I think like many of us at the moment, we're experiencing a period of quiet. So uh, for me at this time, I'm experiencing a period of quiet. And that's not not just in terms of where I'm connecting externally. I'm also experiencing quiet internally. And, And there has been on a human level some internal conflict about that. If there was ever a time to be putting out content, if there's ever a time to be visible on the planet, it's this. It's this time. But I also see myself sitting in the middle of this huge cyclone of information. Uh, and it's, it's not a time where I feel like I really want to add to that chaos and that movement. So that, that, that's one way I'm looking at it. Another way I'm looking at it is, you know, humanity traditionally, um, I wouldn't say inherently, but more traditionally, looks for answers when things are out of control. When things yeah. can't be predicted and manipulated and controlled and <coughs> restrained, they look for answers. So I'm sure that for yourself and for many people who, who, who delve into elements of truth in the way that we do, are looking for answers right now. Yeah. The, the question for me is do I want to add to the confusion of what people are looking for? Mm. Or do I want to hold a space in the middle of all of that for people who are finding comfort in the, I don't know, because really anyone that's looked at mysticism or looked into the great mysteries of different religions and truths in our world, the real power for transformation sits in your ability to stay in the space of, I don't know. Yes. And we see that right now. People are scrambling for answers. What's the truth behind this? Which way is it going to go? What's going to happen? What's happened to cause all of this? And uh, there's a greater invitation here. There's an invitation here to sit in that space in between because that's really where transformation exists. And we all want change, but I don't know that we're going to be able to create change from looking for answers within what already is apparent. That's my view at the moment.
0: <laughs> was, it, was it Einstein who said it's not the same mind that will find the answer to the problem? So I probably completely bastardised what he said. But he oh, said- no, no, I,
1: I, I think that's a fantastic, a fantastic little jewel that you're bringing to the table there because if we're looking to solve a problem that already exists, um, we're going to really move away from the space for something new to emerge.
0: Mm. I mean, I I even had a conversation with my father last night about um, change and new things. And it was interesting because his immediate response was, um, to start with, was, well, what do you mean? Well, we're going to have like a society with no money and this, that, you know, and and, and no police and no this, no that. It was interesting because it was like, it was, it was, if it's going to be different to this, then it has to be not that it has to be. And I, I sort of slowed him down in the conversation or we slowed each other down in the conversation. And I basically said, well, look, we're living in a state of hypernormalization where deep down, we all know things are a bit fucked. Right. You know, look at what we do to the planet. Look at what capitalism is doing to us. Look at poverty. Look at the fact that a lot of people can't eat and feed themselves and stuff, you know, that that their signs that things are fucked. I said. However, hypernormalization is is where we carry on regardless because there is no alternative that we can perceive. And the point is, I, I drove across to my father last night was: where is the space? Like, let's just take democracy. You know, it's a it's a thing that we have to repeat every four or five years, depending on who or where we are at, which country you're in, and um, so where in, in that continued cycle, is there space for more legacy decisions that have a 150, year, 100 year point of view, when you've only got sort of a couple of years and then it's, oh, I've got to go into the beauty parade, which is the election again. And, and I said, so where is the space for a conversation about what could that look like? Which doesn't necessarily mean just because you mentioned something different, you're immediately on the other side. Or if you mention something here, you know, if you don't like capitalism, then what's that mean? You're a communist. No, no, it's not that reduction, but it's having that space. Like instead of we don't know what that looks like, let's sit in that, not knowing, and just That's get a bit curious.
1: That's it. And we're so wired. We're so wired for choice. Our brains are so wired for choice. You know, even in, in the dualistic model of the brain, which I don't believe was the original blueprint. <laughs> Anatomically, for how our brains were meant to work, these yeah. two hemispheres. Um, you know, you look at you look at choice. You look at the the economy and all yeah. of the economic structures on the planet. Everything's based on opportunity cost. If I have this, I can't have that. I've got to sacrifice one thing for another. Um, and. We talk about, I mean, you talked about a pyramid actually just before we started this conversation. Yes, now, three sure. is very, very powerful for this because three, even though you know we could look at pyramidal structures and we can look at three as something that we don't, we don't want on this planet anymore, or perhaps it has been saturated that style, that hierarchical style of structure. But the three itself is, is really a very, very alchemically powerful symbol because you've got two elements. If they're willing to move into acknowledgement and agreement with each other, they can create a third point. And really this is our opportunity on the planet at this time, is, is to be able to create a third option dualities are always based on one or the other as we know we can have this or this even in terms of what's happening now on the planet are the good guys going to win or the bad guys going to win it's a fight between light and dark we've heard this so many times we're seeing it everywhere it's it's everywhere and i'm not going to go into any specific terminology or names for the sake of this um, this podcast but we know about it it's it's everywhere it's in our media it's in facebook it's it's everywhere but the question is always, well, if we're moving beyond duality and we really have an opportunity to have a reset here, are we going to reset and move from one of those points to the other? Are we going to reset and create balance? Or are we actually moving beyond that paradigm now? Because balance is never something that's sustainable. Yeah, it, We're always moving between the two. So. What is the third option? And this is something that, that was introduced to us on a trip to Indonesia, actually. And this is a very... Um, I haven't actually shared this before outside of the group that went to Indonesia with oh. us a couple of years ago. We were taken out into the jungle in the middle of Sulawesi. It, it took a lot to get there. No one would take us there. We didn't know well why we were going there. And I won't go into too much detail, but we ended up deep in the middle of the jungle in Sulawesi and were the only... White people or outside of that local e- group of ethnicity, to be more politically correct, that had ever yes. been to this location once we'd been there once we, we took people back a few months later and uh, and and the government had come in and, and put restrictions on it they didn't want anyone else going there. We went from there to a very large megalithic site in Java, and we took what we found in that location, took it to the other location and something very interesting happened up on the top of this mountain, which isn't a mountain, it's a man-made structure actually, something made it. Um, and at that time, the beginning of that journey and the end of that journey was at a particular uh, hotel resort in in Bali. And it just happened to be at the time that the IMF were there setting up for their um, their annual conference. Well, there was a lot going on. Yes. And uh, a lot happened while we were there at the beginning and the end of this trip. and A lot of information was, was shared with us as a small group. So I do believe that it's, it's okay to allude to that now, this is a couple of years later. So first of all, we were made aware of the impending economic reset. Second thing we were made aware of is the original, um, original human blueprint and DNA and capacity to create. And the third thing we were made aware of was this this three points. And that the way for humanity to move forward is to move beyond this economy of opportunity cost. What is the third option? So, sorry, that's a long-winded way of me explaining how we came to this third option. Yeah. And this was a message that's been repeated continuously in the last couple of years, is what else? What is the third option? So when you're presented with two options, you can do this or you can do this, always ask the what else. Because the what else is the I don't know, and that's the space where something new can happen. So one of the representations of this, and I don't normally go into Christianity or anything biblical, but let's have a look at Let's have a look at Moses getting to the edge of the Red Sea and there's nowhere to go. He can either go forward and drown yes, or he can go back to where they were before. And I really see humanity and this story of Moses as where we are right now. Do we, do we go forward and drown on our own or do we go back to what we knew? And I, I kind of see this in terms of, you know, the coronavirus as well. You know, is, is it going to completely destroy all of our freedoms and rights or is it going to allow us to create something new? What do we do? And Moses gets to the edge of the Red Sea and knowing he is the master that he is, what's the third option? Mm. What is the third option? And the third option is a new reality is created in that moment. Wow. Because there is a refusal to go forward and drown. There is a refusal to go back to where we were. What else is there? The staff in the ground? I am here. Who is with me? Sea parts? Hugely symbolic for me. Hugely symbolic because you've got duality sitting on either side of you you got these two walls of water two versions of reality and the great opportunity for a master or for someone who really sits in their integrity and truth is say i don't accept that or that i'm walking my own path down the middle and this is where we are right now we do not accept this version we do not accept this version there are so many of us right now on the planet who are holding this space for a dream. And and so many of us, I believe, can be really honest with ourselves and each other at this time and say, I don't actually know what that dream is. That's a very powerful thing. Yes. Because there's a dream for peace, love, and harmony. There's another dream for, you know, or a nightmare. There's a dream and a nightmare. But yeah. what else is there? Because really, if you're willing to walk down the middle as a master, that is creating a new reality. But you, yeah. you really need to be courageous enough to say, I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. No, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> and that, you know, in, in that sort of reductionist conversation I was talking about, that's what cuts down the third way and the creativity. So well, if you don't want this, what do you want? That or this or that? Or what do you want? You know, and how much have we been driven recently to... What's your purpose? What's your goal? What's your thing? What's this? Da, da, da. And in your last podcast, where we spoke, you, you, you really opened my eyes up to the idea of just sitting with not having a purpose for a while yeah. and just being, and for that to be enough. And I think from that myself, I had this almost dismantling of my own identity when I sat with it. And in that, and I could all of a sudden see this container which contained all of my identity as I knew it, all the bits I didn't like, which were my shadow. And then all of a sudden uh, the container was taken off and it was just like more and more and more and more of me. And, and, and it didn't need a purpose, it could just be. Yes, when, it, when I came further down into the sort of denseness of living on, on, on the earth, yeah, okay, bit of purpose, values, and that. But to come all the way back behind that, And then to actually, what's the, what's the, what's the spark? What's the resonance that's coming out of me? How's that going to manifest? So when I do come back into this whole world of purpose, values, beliefs, thinking patterns, doing, creating, it's coming from a different place. It's not just stuck in that purpose. That was huge. And so, you know, for, for me, listening to what you're saying now is it, it's that sort of third space where you sit in the complete not knowing in the abyss. Yeah. Just knowing that you have a light and that will light up the abyss.
1: And that's the beginning of the new, the new earth,
0: the zero point. If
1: you're moving into something new with a clear intention you're very, very likely going to create the same set of principles again that you've already experienced with life. It's another permutation. Mm. It's another set of probabilities playing themselves out. But the whole point of moving from an old paradigm to a new paradigm is it's not another version of the old paradigm. in a different way. We are not breaking up the picture puzzle and putting the pieces back together in a new way. We have done that over hundreds of thousands of years. That's what the karmic cycle was all about. Mm -hmm. This is now moving out of cycle, which means that we have to be willing to sit in a space where there are no pieces to the puzzle, or we have to be willing to actually let the puzzle break apart further.
0: And then new pieces and bits that we've never even thought about turn up.
1: Maybe it's not a puzzle anymore. Maybe it's a different <laughs> paradigm. <laughs> We're so used to having problems to solve. We're so used to trying to I solve. Our well.
0: mind, our mind loves to fix problems. Yeah, like,
1: well, I, I think back to the beginning of my kind of you know metaphysical journey. Thirty. 35 years ago where I I really saw all the mysteries of spirit as different pieces of the puzzle. And I wanted to learn astrology and I wanted to learn color therapy and I wanted to learn sound and I wanted to learn all of these things so that I could put the puzzle together and I would have a picture of what, you know, life or God or the universe is. And and then having an experience one day where I realized that the whole, the, the, whole perspective here is to actually get rid of the puzzle yes not solve it <laughs> just get rid of it
0: yeah get rid of the puzzle and then just be and live and and, and then from being doing
1: yeah. but all the mind loves the puzzle doesn't it
0: it loves the puzzle it loves the framework it loves like oh if i know this then i'll know that and then i'll know this yeah. and then i'll be powerful and then i'll be oh, oh. And it's and yeah, you know, I I frequently mention that I don't. A lot of people say that the mind is very powerful. I would disagree. I would say, I would say it's very forceful, and the true power comes from back where we've just been talking about. Yeah,
1: it's very persistent The mind isn't it? Yes,
0: it's a s- s- sneaky monkey. So one of the w- one of the reasons why that provoked me to want to reach back out and talk to you, other than the fact I just love talking to you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was you sent an email out, or well, you had a download yourself on the 5th of April, which you then popped into an email, and as you said to me just before we started recording this, it took you the sum total of five minutes to write, which is pretty awesome. And in there, before before we get to the bit which I'll read out, you know, you talked about, it's been 10 years of pointing out what's been happening. A renaissance, we're moving to a renaissance of creative human and new era Uh, The space between spaces, which we've just talked about. Um, New blueprints and and forcing to be slowed down. And then you wrote this, which I have to be honest, I read three times and then had to go and have a walk and think about. And then I stopped thinking about it and then I let it settle in. And then all of a sudden I went, oh, (laughs) It was. So I'm just going to read it out and then I'm going to ask you to talk more about it. So this was the email. Humanity has completed the collective human karmic cycle. You are no longer in a reality where we unconsciously make choices based on need or requirement. Therefore, no choice is based on fulfilling contracts, replaying history, resolving conflict or required learning. The era era of collective human unconscious is over. Unconscious choice based on requirement is over. And those two bits are in capital. The matrix of karmic history is no longer containing the earth reality. Today you begin a reality where choice is conscious and based upon what you want to experience, what you want to create, and what you want to explore. Not based on a sense of need or survival, based on curiosity and source-driven desire. That's sovereignty that's freedom this is it this is the new earth this is the new humanity that's fucking strong
1: <laughs> it was it was strong and i was quite surprised by the caps we don't normally do things in caps <laughs> yeah
2: that's
1: so uh, it was and and it's funny because when i saw it go on the page i thought this is um less wordy than it normally is um but it, it's to the point and and you know it's 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 what we've been talking about for so long with the end of the perpetual cycle of motion and and i think in relationships it's it's been very obvious for people in recent years mm-hmm. that we we stay in things and we fulfill contracts and we persevere where perhaps it's not required for us to persevere because we believe that there's something here that we need to learn. Hmm. And it's almost, uh, for me, I mean, I've had strong Catholic roots from my early years. It's almost a a sense of self-punishment. I'm in this situation, whether it be a relationship or something else, I'm in this situation because I must have done something to put myself here and there must be something for me to learn from it, so I'm going to stay in it. Now, yes. if we take that mentality, which has been valid within a karmic history, yes. but when, this is a humanity that's moving out of that now. Now, if we take that premise and we put it into global events right now, there are things that are happening that we're uncomfortable with, that don't seem right, that perhaps we wouldn't normally accept.
2: True.
1: But because we're in such a habitual way of thinking that Well, I'm just going to bear the cross of this. This must be something that I need to learn from. This must be something there is a requirement to fulfill here. It's almost like a sense of self-punishment. Life is hard. It's how I get through it that counts. Now, that's very helpful for people when they find themselves in situations that they feel very disempowered with. Yes. And has been for many people. So I'm not negating the value in that within that paradigm of thought. And However, we're not in that paradigm anymore.
0: <laughs> yes, I remember. I remember in our podcast, you mentioned how, um, you know, you yourself in the work that you do, just because you do what you do, doesn't hasn't negated you experiencing the trials and tribulations of life. But then realizing that at times it was building the framework for understanding. And that's been a real shift for me in terms of looking at things and going, oh, right, I'm building a framework here. I'm, I'm expanding the, the bed. But again, that's part of learning, isn't it? That's part of almost I need to do this to learn the thing.
1: Right. And now what
0: you're saying is oh, we're done
1: so so we 're in this global experience right now, where, where there are certain requirements for us, and I guess what 's emerging for me in this moment as we 're speaking is if we 've moved beyond that, then at what point are we moving from a this is required of me yes it 's difficult, yes it 's challenging, there must be something I need to learn here. This is almost like a punishment for humanity because of things that we've done wrong etc there's a lot of that going on yeah the undercurrent of collective human consciousness Um, somehow we've brought this upon ourselves but at what point is there a there's no requirement for me to have this experience there's no requirement for me to follow on with this and make the most of it and and just be a good girl or a good boy. Now, we're not really talking about activist energy here because activist energy is very much about the fight. This is really about a statement internally that if there's no longer a requirement for you to have a certain set of experiences, this is the moment where you actually begin to think about the experiences that you want to have. And that's why we're entering a dream time right now. Hmm. This is the space where what do we actually want? And it's interesting that it's coinciding with what is it that you have to do right now. (laughs) Yes. Very, very interesting. So, so you know the, the the decisions of requirement is everywhere in our social spheres and our political spheres and our economic spheres right now. What do we have to do? What do we have to do to get through this together? Whereas, if you're looking at this from a greater a greater perspective, it's like, well, it's not actually about what you have to do now. It's about what do you really want to do. So. How many people are sitting there going, actually, I don't know. How many people are being like Moses before he put his staff down and announced his own existence? I am here who is with me. And it's like, well, I can either go forward and drown or I can go back and try and do the best with what we already had.
0: And do you really want to go back?
1: (laughs) Well, a lot of people do because they're afraid. I want things to go back to normal.
0: Because they're afraid.
1: Yeah, because they're afraid. And because their identities are all embedded within that system. So who do I or do I even exist if I'm outside of that system? Well then what happens? Then you have to walk through the desert, right? <sighs> There's no landmarks in the desert. There's nothing to tell you who you are or where to go. It's just the stars. <laughs>
0: I, I, I get curious about the idea of there being cycles and waves that are moving and shifting things. I've been drawn heavily to consider <clears throat> the, the world of um, somatics, where you have the metal plate with the sand on and then you have a speaker underneath and you put the different tones and the different tones make the different patterns. And there seems to be um, a lot of knowledge that seems to talk to me as I think about, or even just by looking at the patterns, by looking at a YouTube video or watching it on TV. The fact that on one level, the thing that seems to come through to me is that on one level, we are bits of clay that are almost pushed together by the different waves and that um, there are cycles like you're saying that are are, are moving um, as we move towards a new earth. And so um, I wonder whether in in a world of free will, are are there those of us that are just Hmm. surrendering to it and will happily move with the waves, even though it's like a, like a fucking roller coaster when you sit on it and go. It is.
2: It uh, is.
0: Except the roller coaster's not coming back to the same place you started. Right. Um, but you know you will be doing this, and it will make you squeal and make you go fuck. But then other those that um, will actively say, "No, that shit's just too scary," and I like it how it was, and we'll stay almost with the old world, and we'll have a split from old and new.
1: I'd really like to talk about that. Let's talk about the wave. Because we've talked, we've talked about cycles before, cycles of perpetual motion. Let's talk about waves. So even within a context of spirituality um, and, and the ascension of humanity, we've really looked at finding our unification and moving from duality into unity with this, um, you know, metaphor of the wave. So when you're sitting on the surface of the ocean. You know, there's a swelling that happens, there's movement, it's noisy, there's a lot of chaos, things are unpredictable, but in essence, it's about riding that wave and coming to the tip of the wave, you have your experience of separation as the individual droplets, and then you merge back into the collectivity again. So, you know, we talk about how the wave is such a valuable experience for finding this distinction between unity and disparity when you move into a completely new paradigm and a new dimensional reality it's no longer even about riding the wave so we actually start to drop so deeply into consciousness and drop so deeply into ourselves that when that first begins to happen you you begin to feel as if you're drowning because you're moving or you're sinking underneath the ocean and you're seeing the wave above you and you're seeing everybody else still playing this game and All of a sudden you realize that nobody can see you. You don't know how you fit into it anymore Are you lost? Do you really care? Anymore? This is the dark night of the soul. So many of us have been through this But if you're willing to continue to drop you're gonna find yourself deep in the ocean and that's when movement really happens. That's when you hit the current. And it no longer becomes the game of separation. How does, how does life work on the surface? You're no longer trying to get back up there. But you can still see it. And you can still have a great appreciation for it. But it's not where you're viewing from anymore. And that's where we are right now. Because there's so much noise on the surface. Do we need to be a part of it? Do we need to move in and have an active functioning role and be identifiable and visible in what's happening on the surface of consciousness? And I'll use the word surface of consciousness in the world right now. Or do we want to stay deep in the ocean where the real movement's happening, not all the noise, but the real movement, and have a great deal of respect and appreciation for all the noise and movement that's happening above. Because we know that where life on the planet began and it began in the oceans. So, of course, we have to go back to origin. We have to go back there. And yet, it's natural instinct, human survival instinct, is to keep trying to get back to the surface. We're going to drown if we don't continue to participate. So, it's against every survival instinct that we have as humans. But it's really where the movement's happening right now. So it's in deep in the ocean. (laughs) Wow. Deep in the ocean. So, you know, the wave, I love the way you brought that up today. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up. The wave and the cycle are inherently linked,
0: but they are more what's going on up on the surface. It
1: never ends. It never ends. And that's why, you know, what's the third option here? Because the balance between light and dark, that balancing act, it never ends in third dimensional reality because that's the fabric of third dimensional reality. That's the way it's designed. But we do have an experience now where, well, you know, dimensional fabrics like, like material, it's like a canvas, like material. And, and when, when it reaches saturation point, when every possible permutation or probability has been played out. It starts to wear. And what's happening right now is third dimensional reality, if you look at it as a piece of fabric, is starting to stretch. And when it starts to stretch, all of a sudden you start to see where the threads are and how they're connected to each other and can get really fascinating. Suddenly we can see how the governments are, are actually constructed and how the economy really works. and and how everybody's interconnected. And there's a great opportunity there to really see that and be fascinated with it. But there's a real even greater opportunity to see the holes that are starting to appear in it. Because if you can pass through the, sit in those, I don't know spaces, there's a big gap here. There's a big, I don't know. And being willing to sit there for long enough the collective consciousness of humanity is going to slip through that fabric into something else. And that's the new earth. So third dimensional reality is only considered to be incredibly influential if there's a lot of human focus on that. So our attention now can be on how that third dimensional reality is created. Do we want to try and repair it? I don't think so. Not for me personally. I'm more interested in where do these holes lead to? What else is there? That's seeing beyond the veil, right? Yeah. Do we want to repair the veil? Not really. <laughs> what else? What else is there? <laughs> And, you know, um, that's not an ambivalence. There's a great respect for the waves. There's a great respect for the fabric of reality. But I'm not sure I want to really spend a lot of time trying to fix it and put it back together.
0: Yeah, it's just, otherwise you're just like king nix. <laughs> Sitting on the beach saying stop. Um, do you get a feel, I mean, granted, Earlier in the conversation, we said, you know, we don't know. Do you get a feel for any of the elements of where we are going to? I mean, is you use the words like third dimension, so where we're going to fourth or fifth, or or or, and, and what would that look or feel like? What's the underlying? Can you see where I'm going?
1: Yes, well, we've been talking about this for a long time about, you know, fifth, fifth dimensional reality is really a bridge to multi dimensionality. So, fifth dimensionality is already inherent capacity within our human design because we're multi dimensional beings. We've all, we're always meant to be multi dimensional, but third dimensional reality has become so alluring and so attention grasping. That we've gotten our multidimensionality. So it's not really about where we're going. It's about becoming more aware of different versions of reality.
0: Mm. I think that's really nice. It's not that we're going.
1: We're not going. And the idea is not to get out of here. The idea is to be able to maintain a point of consciousness here and become aware of other versions of reality. That's how you... Create worlds. That's how you create realities. Yeah. As Otherwise, as you're just stuck with your attention in one, which perpetuates it, and there you get that perpetual cycle of motion.
0: So, so any anybody who's one of those, how dare I call it the uh, spiritual avoidance warriors, because um, they dive into spirituality to avoid stuff.
1: Oh, I'm going home. I'm not from here. I don't belong here on this earth. Well, let's go back to the story of Moses. How, how do you create a miracle? You have to announce your existence. I am here. And which is why we've been speaking for a long time about, you know, the, the goal in ascension is not to go anywhere. The goal is to bring heaven to earth, which is to bring your multidimensional awareness to this reality. So your body, if you're still here physically, you're meant to be here. You're not from anywhere else. You're from everywhere. Multidimensionality is being able to be everywhere at once. And I think a lot of us are having those experiences now.
2: Yeah.
1: Being in two places at once. Being in two times at once. Having two, two experiences in the same place. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We're becoming more aware of that capacity in ourselves. Because, you know, if we're not trying to fix something and we're more focused on what it is that we can do, that's a far more expansive uh, what
0: can we create?
1: use of your time. I know that sounds a terrible phrase, use of your time. But, you know, it's, um, it, but you it can't is. be contained. You can't be contained if you're multidimensional. There's your freedom right there.
0: Yeah. So, all right, let me rephrase my original question. Then. <laughs> I love this. So can you tell us more about the dimension that our awareness is now opening up to?
1: Oh, sorry. I do. I do tend to go off. No, no, no,
0: and that's my role. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, all right. So let me, let, there is a timeline split that's happened. Hmm. Now, we could look at time splitting into two realms as something mechanical and functional that's happened, which I do believe has very deliberately been exercised. So there is a timeline split. I won't go into it too deeply, but we might like to look at some of the sciences that are happening on the planet at this time that enables that to occur. And it has occurred several times in the last seven, ten years. So there was a a recent one in, um, in February, there was one in October as well that I'm aware of. So again, you know, we could look at this as, well, we're just becoming more aware of our multidimensionality. But if you look at this timeline split, this is becoming really obvious to anybody that's a bit awake is that we can definitely see how the planet can end up going this way. That's very clear but we can also definitely see how the planet could end up going this way. And you can see that there are two versions of reality or two timelines that are being shown for the potential of the planet. Now, within third dimensional reality, you have to adhere to linear timelines. That's how the construct and the fabric of the reality is maintained. So in creating a timeline split, you're still having third dimensional experience, but they're running parallel to each other. Yeah. So this is a little bit like the bridge to multidimensionality. All
0: right. So you can see and feel. Two you can things.
1: see and feel both, which is why emotionally uh,
0: <sighs>
1: and, and in a sensorial capacity, many of us are swinging throughout the day between this doom and gloom and eternal optimism because we're actually existing with two parallel timelines on the planet right now. So... Our great challenge, (laughs) and it is a challenge, because we are very sensorial beings. We can sense both. How do we keep our focus in the space in between them?
2: Right.
1: Because really, we don't really, as multidimensional beings who are here at this time to usher in a new reality, we don't really want to pick one third dimensional timeline over another what we want is to hold that space in between for something new to be birthed because the new earth doesn't sit in any of those timelines. Yes. It sits beyond them. So this is why we're talking about the fabric with the holes in it. You're going to keep your focus on the holes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because then what's the third option? What's the solution? What's, what's the new way rather than we have this or we have this. But it's incredibly distracting. So Moses walking down that, across the Red Sea, and there's a wall of water here and a wall of water here. If you get too close to the sides and you touch those sides, you could be in trouble. <laughs> and we know that from ourselves. We, we drown in each version of reality if we get too close to them. I'm, I'm talking, I'm speaking at this time about people who are highly sensitive and, and very conscious. So we don't know what it's gonna be. We don't know what it's going to be. But we are going to be seeing a lot of rapid change. We are going to have an experience where one portion of human collective consciousness experiences a completely different timeline to the others.
0: And that's probably the this divergent split I
2: was
1: yes. talking about earlier. Yes. On. So there is talk about, we've been talking about, a great convergence for some time. The convergence is the three different spaces. This timeline, this timeline, those who are sitting in the middle eventually coming into one.
0: To hold yourself in a place of not knowing, which is something that is so... (laughs) to the way we've done things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The mind needs to know, it will claw to anything. You know, examples of that are, I've said before, You know, hits on news sites are just going off the roof and, you know, we've probably never watched the, watch the news more than we have, because anything, anything will give us a sense of oh, you know, control, or this and that and the other. But to actually sit in the space, where we don't know, which is, every, which, you know, to quote my previous guest, Peter Sage, is probably a very weak muscle that we have, a very weak muscle that's almost atrophied for many. But coming out of the muscle analogy, to do that on one level, I suppose, requires curiosity and excitement and exploration. But on another level... And correct me if I'm wrong, because this might be a throwback to fear, but it also requires a huge amount of
1: faith—faith faith in
0: that—that's
1: the question. Correct. Faith in.
0: I suppose, on a basic level, that it would be okay, but on but then on something much bigger than you.
1: I think it's, it's not even about faith. Yes. At a certain point, sorry, it's just no. really strongly. At a certain point, we're being compressed into an experience now where nothing on offer is good enough. Nothing on offer is satisfactory. And I think that. It's an inherent knowing that there has to be more than this. There has to be more than this.
0: So is that the faith, or is it? For me, is it, it
1: is, for me, it is. Or
0: is it even? It, it's. It, it's probably even greater than faith. It's. It's a. It's a. It's a knowing. It's a. Hmm.
1: Well, I love the phrase, and I use it all the time. There's always more. There's always more, but it's not more of the same. Yes. There's, there has to be more. And, and, and again, we go back to this mentality where, well, this is our lot in life. This is how it is, and we need to make the most of it. But you know that when you walk out into a forest, if you're willing to really be present... And to have no intention and no purpose and no sense of survival and nothing that you want. If you don't want anything from that forest, but you're willing to just be with it, suddenly something else happens. It comes to life. You're in a different dimensional reality with it. It's it's revealed to you. And it's the same with, with life for us. You know, this very mechanical life that we're in as humans there must be more than this, but it's only when you're willing to drop your purpose, your intention, what you want from life. When you get to the point where you realize, I actually don't want anything from life anymore. I just want to know what else is there. And, that's and inn- this. Because who asks the question?
0: That's enormous. That's next that's, that's level of questions.
1: But it's, it's, it's the question that you don't really even want an answer to. You just want the right, you want the right to ask the question, the right to be dissatisfied. Because every, every master or human or guru that's ever been on the planet that could call themselves enlightened has yeah. got a point of dissatisfaction where they've asked the question, well, what else is there? Because they've dared to. They've dared to allow themselves to be so dissatisfied with what's on offer. And then they completely see everything differently. But we, we all know, we all know, and have read of and have heard people who have had that experience. And they're no longer trying to fix things after that happens. It's not that they're in denial. It's just that they've woken up in a new reality. And then suddenly they can see all the waves, but it doesn't seem to impact them as much anymore. So you know, it's daring to ask the question.
2: <laughs> That's yeah.
1: That's the greatest rebellion we can have right now. I think is not accepting anything on offer. Hmm. And it doesn't mean you're rejecting anything. No. We have to we have to we have to be careful of rejection.
0: Yes. There's not being rebellious for rebellious sake and throwing the baby out with the bathwater.
1: No. I mean, isn't this what meditation is? You sit in meditation and you just want to come naked with nothing, no identity, no purpose, no intent. What is there? What else? That's why we do it. Right. Hmm. <laughs> that's why we do it. That's yeah. True. yeah. Cause we want to see, we want to know what else, what else is there?
0: And that sits above all the drama that's going on all the waves, all or all below. Right. All the waves. So
1: what an incredible, incredible opportunity we have right now. Because there's nothing like a bit of dissatisfaction (laughs) to get you to ask the question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And And it pulls up all those programs, doesn't it? I'm not worthy. I'm not deserved. I'm, you know.
1: Do I have to go fix this? Oh, God, I'm a classic self-flagellator from way back. Not only do I have Catholicism in my childhood, but I'm also a Virgo, so the self-perfectionism is intense.
0: Oh, you've got a whole catalogue of stuff you can Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm fully equipped to try and solve the problem. (laughs) You know, and if I can't solve it out there, I'm going to try and fix myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm fixed.
1: I must be the problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's interesting because you use the word fix. Yeah. But if, if there's one thing that's coming through in my downloads at the moment and what's coming through in what you've just said today, you're all already every, – you're everything. Yeah. It, it's the increasing of your awareness of things that are already there. Yes. I think we talked about, you know, learning is <clears throat> almost a – misnomer and self-development is you know it's more revelation
1: yes yes because it's our right to ask the question
0: Mm. and expand with that
1: what else is there it's so audacious isn't it not to accept anything that's on offer
0: it's almost cheap, yes. Audacious, cheeky, you know.
1: Right. You're in the restaurant and you've got an a la carte menu. This is what everything in third dimensional reality is about. You, you can choose one entree, one main course and one dessert from what's on offer. If you have that, you're going to sacrifice that experience. If you do that, you give up that experience. And there's a limited amount that's on mm-hmm. offer. But to be so audacious and to throw away the menu and say, what else you got? <laughs> And chances are, the restaurant's not going to have it. <laughs>
0: leaving the restaurant, you sit there and keep asking.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're a rebel, or you're a, you're delusional, or you cannot be satisfied, or you don't play along. You know, you're not the ideal customer that we want. You're not giving us the right feedback.
0: Is there anything else <laughs> you feel that you need to share at the moment? <laughs> um,
1: just very briefly, because this, uh, this came up a few days ago. When you birth a new reality, the, the human body tells us so much about, about our reality and our capacity. This is a dream time right now. So we're in conception. And conception is where... A lot of stuff is happening at a cellular level. It's happening in the DNA, in the blueprints. You feel a bit nauseous. You get vertigo. You get headaches. You're tired and you want to sleep. So I know a lot of people are having these physical experiences at the moment, but you can't see evidence for anything. Yes. Then you go through a nine-month period of gestation, which is what the planet's moving through at this time, nine months where there's a swelling that happens, there's discomfort. You can't move a lot. You've got to look after yourself. You can't really go anywhere or do a lot. You can't seem to achieve a lot. You can't work as much. And then there's a birth and the birth is happens very quickly. There's a lot of angst and a lot of fear, but ultimately nothing is the same again afterwards. Because your role has changed, your identity is different, your whole world has shifted when you give birth. So, this is where we are. It's the dream time, it's conception, it's early, early gestation time. Mm. And we have about nine months.
0: I feel, I feel like we're at the point where we've, um, I'm going to use a really crude analogy. We just weed on the stick and we've gone,
2: <gasps>
1: two lives. <laughs> I love that. Two timelines. Yep. Two lines. Yeah. It's not about choosing one or the other, right? It's what's going to happen in the midst of those.
0: All this strange stuff that's been happening. You and I were talking about it before the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these strange things happening. Like, oh, I just felt different and and things are happening and I've had a fatigue in this, you know, that's all the pre. I think I might be.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, and you, it's very difficult at the moment because we've moved out of linearity, that horizontal uh, x-axis. Uh, it's very difficult for people to expand outwards to be able to expand their energy. Um, the best way to do that at the moment is vertically. We have a very, very strong vertical axis right now. Very strong. Straight out through the body. It's going to pull you back a little bit. It's on a bit of a tilt. That's the best way for people, in my experience at this time, to feel grounded and to reset and realign themselves if they're feeling like they're all over the place, especially with the vertigo. The axis on the planet is still tilting, which is why that line's not straight through your body. It is going to pull you back a little bit. But it's it's a really fantastic way to completely feel solid again. Not many of us are feeling very solid right now. Mm. So, uh, and I'm just going to throw one little little bit in that I've been asked to. I don't know why this is a part of our conversation, but for some of your listeners, it is. Uh, the planet's been around this cycle before. And what's happening now has happened before. It happened with the electromagnetic fields. It happened with manipulation of electromagnetic fields and currents on the planet. And it ended with the demise of Atlantis. Right. Something very, very similar playing out again. At this time, it will not unfold in the same way. Yes. But it, 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 that's why it's so huge to so many people. That's why there's so much attention on electromagnetics right now on the planet. Because there's such a strong collective memory within humanity that this has happened before.
0: And that electromagnetics was tinkered with
1: it before. Of course. And what did it do? <laughs> it's saying, Atlantis. So very unlikely to have the same outcome.
0: Hmm. It's a nice piece of solace to take in amongst this. (laughs) I get the sense that a lot,
2: a lot of entities and beings
1: have come here to watch this. Well, it's, it's, it's history replaying itself but this time it's, uh, it's not replaying itself within the same fabric of reality.
0: Mm. And I get the sense it's not just we people nodes, it's also the planet itself.
1: Sorry, what was your question?
0: <laughs> I get the sense that it's not just we people who are raising, moving, opening
1: Oh, oh no, because the Earth, Earth's a part of... A collective of seven there's seven it's almost like um i wouldn't call it like a constellation i would call it um what would you call that a collective of seven seven systems yes we would actually call earth the system unto itself even though it appears to be one planet we would call it its own system because it has a very unique energetic vibrational system there's there's others that you would call systems unto themselves but earth is a part of the seven and so what happens with the earth reality happens it, there is awareness of that with the other systems as well it's not something i talk about very often i don't really get into
0: stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> if someone's curious they can go and dig around Yeah,
1: there's a lot of things i talk about very often but yeah Indeed. yeah interesting
0: Indeed. Um, How are are you, Rebecca, the person, processing all of this that's going on?
1: Um, I really, I found the oscillation between uh, the two different timelines incredibly challenging. Incredibly challenging. Whereas we used to feel emotions like this over a number of days or months. I'm, I'm swinging almost every hour. Um, so, I imagine a lot of us are finding it really challenging at the moment, but i 'm also acutely aware that out of the three the three experiences for collective consciousness at the moment, some people are very very comfortable staying in the love and benevolence and this is the way the earth 's going to go. Some are very embedded in the this is doom and gloom, and this is how the earth 's going to go i 'm very much embedded in the space in between, so i 'm kind of oscillating. Uh, touching the sides and and really trying to focus on the I don't know with all of that. So it's it's challenging. I'm sure it's challenging for many of us that are sitting in that space. So uh, I thank you for today's conversation because it's a great reminder for us to be dreaming in this space about what else.
0: Yes. And um, how uh, how are you keeping yourself sort of? Grounded in amongst this. You're getting out for walks and stuff like that.
1: Not really. <laughs> a little bit. Walk the dog every day. Yeah. I'm sleeping a lot. Uh, I've been very busy because, you know, I homeschool as well anyway. Uh, my son's uh, in year 10 now, so there's a lot involved with that. And uh, my phone's always very busy and my emails are very busy during times like this. So um, physically for me, being vertical and sleeping has been the best thing. Mm. I'm dreaming a lot. I'm dreaming a lot. I'm dreaming when I'm awake and when I'm asleep. So it's an interesting time, but I'm not exempt to the roller coaster. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. And that's why, that's why I wanted to sort of bring it back to you, Rebecca, yeah. the person. Yeah. Not just leave it with, that was really good information.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say for, you know, however many years now I've been practicing this, uh, my get out of jail free card has been consistently, I don't know. And every time I really sit in that, there's a new pathway that opens up. So um, I've been practising that for a little while, the I don't know. And I'm, I'm, this is, if there was ever a time for it, it's now.
0: Mm. You remember from uh, the last time we spoke, the last question I asked my guest. Although I may have another sneaky one, at the end, but my last question I asked my guests <laughs> is um, if you could upload a, color, a little golden nugget into the collective consciousness for everybody
2: right now, what would that be?
1: Hmm. Keep your eye on the holes that are appearing and the spaces. Don't try and fill them, sit in them for as long as you can, because hmm. that's the doorway to the new earth experience.
0: Love it. <laughs> love it. And um, that's a cheeky question. Do you have any advice for me and WA Real as to where we should be going at this time to be of service?
1: I love the way that real can become reality, WA reality. I really feel that what you're doing is, uh, is weaving a new fabric for WA, there's something very unique about the energy here in WA. We know that. Mm. We know that. We know that there's been a city of light here that's beginning to reveal itself. We know that our isolation is our greatest advantage at this time. We have an incredible opportunity to be able to view the events in the world from this point of isolation. It gives us an incredible vantage point. It also enables us to be part of the new dreaming and the new dream time for the new earth reality. So the conversations that you weave are like golden threads that create the new fabric of reality, the new WA reality. And so, uh, so much gratitude for what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Thank you. I feel quite emotional listening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you know that what you do is not insignificant. You've always felt that it's significant. You just haven't been able to see why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've always known that I just needed to do this.
1: Yes. So, you know, Western Australia, the last time the electromagnetic grids were manipulated to the extent that they're being manipulated now, Western Australia was one of the very few places in the world that was not as impacted by those anomalies in the electromagnetic fields. And that's an interesting question for listeners to ask themselves. Why is that? Why is Western Australia largely immune? Wow. What's here? Back to your um, conversation about your pyramid. What did you have to add to that pyramid?
0: I'd stick a crystal on the top of it.
1: So something very interesting about the geology of uh, Western Australia that enables it to have its own, we would use the term electromagnetic biosphere. Hmm. Good place to weave a new reality, Brent.
0: <laughs> it is. I've got so much to think, of. so much to open up to and sit, not knowing about.
1: <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've asked, why? Why am I from Perth? Why am I in Perth? Yeah. Why?
0: It's the first question I ask everybody. Um, it's the first question, you know, it was important to me to call the real, the real the comes from the original template of London Real with, with the blueprint and the long form nuanced conversation, which, you know, just is so important because the soundbite reductionist argument of the media just does not serve, in fact, it disempowers. Um, but it was always important to have WA at the start of it and from that it was always important for me, for reasons I couldn't understand, to, to work out why most people, because most of my guests have come here. There's not that many who have been here, but like multi-generational. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll be honest. 145 episodes, 146 episodes. There's probably been only two. Oh, wow! Indigenous people, and that's not through neglect; it's through struggle to find. Yes. People to connect and have expansive discussions with. Yeah. I'm sure now I said that I'm going to get inundated. You yeah. well, Which is Please well <laughs> uh, come. Because I'm so willing to listen and learn and tap into ancient knowledge. But interestingly, some of the people recently who I've interviewed who have been have like three, four, five generations here in Western Australia come out with some sage deep wisdom.
1: Yeah, there's I mean, there's something inherent here in Western Australia that it has remained intact for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm. Hundreds of thousands. And it's been here all this time. All this time. So interesting times. Interesting times.
0: Rebecca, (laughs) thank you so much for your time today. Thank
1: you too. Uh, It's a great way to spend Easter Monday, right?
0: (laughs) Um, If people want to reach out, i find you.
1: Uh, yes, I've got a website. So it's my name, Rebecca Dawson.net. And uh, there's uh, actually I've got a membership site that's going to come up shortly. So you can really dive into, it. I'm going to uh, actually release all of the content we've ever done all in one place. Because if there was ever a time to be able to access all of this, it's now. And actually you spoke about purpose earlier and purpose in the tent. I've just, um, just finished writing a book about purpose. So that should be available on Amazon in the next, in the next week.
2: Awesome. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Bryn. It was an absolute pleasure once again.